Welcome to the first official episode of New Money Talks, where we talk all things new money. And I guess what that means is that uh, we've never gotten any handouts in life, just like you, most likely. Uh, if you did, good for you, but we didn't. And so we're going to talk about uh, you know, how to build successful businesses in 2022 and beyond. Uh, we'd like to think that we've done a decent job at doing that. Uh, but that's kind of the objective of this podcast is to show you guys how to do that uh, through our lessons, our trials and tribulations, in addition to all the guests that we bring on that are going to be in all different types of verticals and industries and things of that nature. Um, we actually already filmed this once, but we had some technical difficulties. So kind just of a mess. Yeah. Please, please <laughs> note that this is our, our first go at this. We're, we're not full-time podcasters uh, yet, but we're getting there. So sort through all the technical difficulties, but uh, we're here now. So before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe, of course. Like and subscribe, comment, um, all the whole nine. All that good stuff. We'll have our social media links somewhere in the, uh, uh, either in the description or pinned in the comments, something like that. Uh, when we fill those out, they're probably not even completed by the time you're seeing this, but you know, hopefully when you are, they will be. So give those a follow as well. Uh, but anyways, just kind of diving right in. Again, this is our first episode, so don't give us too much shit. Uh, we're still figuring out the ropes. Uh, our main objective here is that we have so many business ideas. We have so many... Uh, we have a lot of experience in a lot of different businesses. We, we've met some of the coolest people in the world that a lot of times you guys might not be able to meet. And so our objective is to share their experiences, our experiences to uh, just get some ideas that are in our head actually out there so that maybe you guys can go and, and, and roll with them and hit the ground, ground running because God knows we cannot put more on our plate than what's on it right now, um, let alone the podcast, but here we are. Um, <laughs> so anyways. So um, some intros. We should do that, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're going to be seeing a lot of us. So we'll give a quick uh, intro. I say quick. I don't know how long it's going to be, but uh, I'll start off uh, with me. A lot of, I guess we came up in a in a somewhat similar position in terms of just where we grew up and like how our parents raised us for the most part. But uh, we both grew up in Bergen County. I guess I'll start with myself. Uh, we grew up in North New Jersey, so right across from New York City. Um, I, although I personally go there maybe once every yeah, two or three months not we're that so often. close but we stay away you know? yeah it's like you know yeah it's it's one of those places that you like visiting but you you, you probably couldn't see yourself living there i think you could probably agree with that 100%. But, but yeah i mean i guess we'll talk about pre-college college and post-college because we both did college he graduated i didn't i'm the degenerate of the two um but you know prior to college i think we both figured out um, that we wanted to do entrepreneurship at a pretty young age uh we were fortunate enough for that so even back in middle school, we were we were hustling like selling candy. You know, back it's like the cliche story of every entrepreneur. Back in the day, but I mean it's real. Like that that's what we actually did. And and we would before school, we'd get up, we'd go buy in bulk, and we'd we'd be like literally the candy plugs at our school because the only thing that was on our mind was like money. Everyone else was like girls, this that. You know, like don't get me wrong, we had a fun time, but we those things just naturally came to us <laughs> yeah we, we, we were literally counting quarters in our science class i remember this yeah we were and like even the teachers would buy from us you know yeah. just because that that was our mentality it was like we weren't we weren't from a, a from of a scarcity mentality we were always a, of an abundance mentality so we were like how can we go out and get it even at a young age it's like you know our parents weren't giving us 50 dollars to just go go to the mall you know we, we had to work for that and so that's what we did that's where we kind of started a little bit of our upbringings uh and then you know, fast forward a couple of years, uh, for me personally, I kind of, I had a disconnect with entrepreneurship. I was always a hustler, but I think being a hustler and an entrepreneur are two, they, they can be two different things, depending on how you integrate the two with each other. But, you know, I was shoveling snow, I was mowing grass, I was doing everything that you possibly could to um, to make money at an age where people didn't take you super seriously for like, you know, a more kind of, I guess, professional job, right? Like I'm not gonna be uh, uh, some coding expert for a big company. 
uh, at 13 years old when I'm still figuring out like what I want to do in high school and I'm like chasing after girls and all this stuff. Just gonna shovel snow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, you do what you can. So you worked hard, made some money, um, and I was able to like, pay for a lot of my shit through that. I'll buy new soccer cleats, buy new clothes, like whatever it is. I, 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 neither of us were very materialistic, but again, it's kind of goes back to that theme of like no handouts, right? That's why we're new money. Uh, we, we never got any handouts. And so we had to work for kind of everything that we've, we've, we've earned for the most part. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was kind of pre-college, you know, just figuring out what, what the hell we wanted to do. Um, and for me personally, uh, I, I always liked kind of playing around with things, whether it was like an airsoft gun or like a, like a BB gun or like figuring out how to take things apart and kind of put them back together. So I was always figuring out how things work, how to, you know, solve problems, how to take things apart, put them back together. So, you know, after taking apart a couple of things, figuring out how they work or piece of technology, my parents were like, engineer, engineer. <laughs> so I'm like me not really knowing what I wanted to do um, but but always knowing that you know I I wanted to solve problems I think that was like a big thing that I found out from a young age because I always like math which is really weird I don't know if you were more mathematically inclined I wasn't big in school so it is what it is but what are you gonna do yeah I mean, I, for me personally like I didn't like much but like math I actually didn't hate uh, and so solving problems is very applicable in business but I figured out I'd like to do that I figured out I like to kind of figure out how things work uh, and I think both of those things are very applicable in business, figuring, figuring out like how things work, whether it's operations, marketing, whatever. But anyways, w without going on too long, um, I went to college, right? I went to college for, uh, I did D1 track and field and I, I loved every bit of the athletic component of it, but I also obviously went for the academics. Uh, and after a year of doing that and sleeping three, four hours a night and, and just not enjoying the experience at all, I said, let me pivot to a different school. So I started at NJIT, which is a small like, mechanical engineering or it's a stem school uh in new jersey and, and it's just it was not fun i met some great people through the athletic department but didn't have much of a social life it was just a lot of like stem majors as you can imagine uh and so uh the only part the only enjoyment that i got was out of the track and field for the most part but i pivoted to Rutgers, new brunswick and that was a much bigger state school so i got a little bit more of the social life i had an entrepreneurship minor i totally pivoted majors i thought i wanted to go into physical therapy turns out that entrepreneurship minor i had some professors that were just millionaires and they were just doing this for fun because that's all I like and you can jump in here too because you had some yeah like it's not especially in college uh, you depending on what school you go to you definitely find some uh professors who really made it and they kind of want to give back kind of like a hobby they feel good stuff like that and I, I remember Kyle when you were at a I think it was Rutgers right uh, yeah, yeah. When, you were, when you were at Rutgers like I, I know you had a few good professors there you took entrepreneurship classes and I was kind of similar at the time that like uh, I think we found e-com yeah um so I Keep, keep, keep going the story, like that, definitely yeah, yeah. Like, going to e-com and everything it, too. It's, it's interesting though, because for the most part, you know, I think both of us, it's not that we would never, uh, we would never advise people against going to school, but we would advise you to not let other people set the curriculum for you, right? So, so take what you're, what you're learning and figure out a way to apply it to the real world, right? So a lot of times you're not going to utilize Calc 2 in, in any type of business or entrepreneurship, but it's the element of being able to solve the problem and knowing that you can do the homework, you can do the work and you can actually pass and you can get through it and survive at the end of the day. And like, that's what entrepreneurship's about. It's about fucking survival, like if we're being honest. Um, and, and, and yeah, so that like, that's what I learned in these conversations with professors like that who had 15, $20 million net worths and all they did was sell patents 20 years ago and they literally have nothing better to do than to teach other kids how to do that to make sure that they you know that they succeed so it's like you know on some some professors that you have in business it's the reason why they're there is because they've had a lot of unsuccessful businesses but arguably you're going to learn a lot from 
their failures and lessons, sometimes even more than what you might learn from someone who's successful and might've been like a one hit wonder, right? Or got lucky on a brand evaluation or got a patent that was really good, like whatever it might be. But anyways, again, not to, not to go overboard. Um, I found that I did not want to continue school because I picked up this, this bit of entrepreneurship and my family was like, they were like, Hey, can you pitch in on some bills uh, when you get a chance? Cause we're not doing, you know, entirely well, well off again, going back to the theme, new money, right? Like this, no handouts. And so when I was in college, I was like, how can I help them? And how can I, you know, how can I do track? How can I do engineering like 12 hour work days, five, six hours of track practices, plus figure out a way to like make some money so I can like pay tuition, pay off loans, help family, things of that nature. So I got into business, you know, probably one of the worst things you can do when you have like no money is just like dive into a business, put everything into it. Um, but you know, neither of us are, are, are quitters. We like from a young age, we we're always just tunnel vision. We're like, this is going to happen no matter what it was already written. It's just time had to kind of catch up, right? Like it was already written in time. We just had to kind of wait it out and, and time, you know, was on our side for the most part. But yeah, I, I basically got into e-commerce. This kid was one of the first people to introduce me to it. And we were, we were kind of just fooling around with it. We didn't really take it too seriously until we saw the money that could be made there. Right? Like, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of nuts. Like, I think I can go into a little intro too here, you yeah. know, kind of uh, shed some light on that. But similar story to Kyle, yeah, we, we grew up in the same town. We know each other for like 20 years at this point too. So similar backgrounds, like our town's like, well, like one square mile, like how yep. big is the whole town? Yeah, it's one square mile. Yeah, probably like less than five you, you to get, six thousand people. You can get from one town. side to the other in like a 10 minute jog. Yeah, literally, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's like a one mile run in our town that they do every year and like you just run around the town. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah. But anyways, yeah, we grew up in the same town, we went to like elementary school, middle school all together. Um, and I think my entrepreneurial business thing started happening around, uh, around, uh, around high school, I'd say like probably sophomore, junior year of high school. Uh, me and one of our other buddies, we, I think we'll probably touch on this later on, but like we have a, a good core group of like, I don't know, how many of us is there us? Like four or five of us. Yeah, five, maybe 10 on a good day. 10 on a, yeah. <laughs> well, I there's a core group of like four or five of us that all like have some type of like business, whether it's like an e-commerce, like some guys have a brand agency, stuff like that. So this all kind of started back in like high school, like sophomore, junior year. Around then I started a like coding boot camp. So we were teaching uh, kids grades second through eighth grade, I think, um, how to code. We taught over like four or 5,000 kids and around two years how to code pretty much building like basic websites with like HTML, JavaScript, CSS, stuff like that. And that was like my first kind of taste into uh, into business. This was before we even knew what e-commerce was. Like, I don't even know, we, we didn't even know what Shopify was, right? Yeah, pro I mean, probably what, like our junior, senior in high school? Yeah, I, I, I honestly wish we knew what Shopify and like yeah, ads were fun. back then. We would have, it'd be even <laughs> fun. But anyways, yeah. so I was doing that with one of our buddies um, and like that kind of like pushed us into like getting into college, stuff like that. I wasn't a fan of school at all by any means. Like we played a lot of sports back in the day. Yeah. We played soccer, baseball, basketball, college did track, stuff like that too. So a lot, a lot of time on sports, but I think as we got older, we were like, oh shoot, like what are we doing? Like sports don't pay the bills. Like, yeah, we're, we're not going <laughs> pro, so yeah, it is yeah. what it is. And then you try to, you start thinking through, okay, like what college am I gonna go to? How does that whole thing look like? And I always got pretty good grades in school. Like I didn't really care. Like, I never really went to class and do homework much, but like, Somehow I just was, I guess I was good at taking tests. Like I just got the work done. So I had pretty solid grades. Fortunate for me, like I had the coding school plus like decent grade, good SAT scores, et cetera. Ended up going to college in California. I went to UC Berkeley. Um, and out there, honestly, kind of back to what Kyle was saying, it's like school's not for everybody. And honestly, school 
isn't for me, but what I realized is that if you are gonna spend time in college, find a place kind of like the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, where you can spend so much time there that you just like learn a lot and meet a whole bunch of successful people. So like, honestly, 90% of my time was not spent on school, in school, around school. It was all spent in San Francisco, in like uh, like Menlo Park, like Silicon Valley area, you know, with investors, VCs, like tech companies. Like I kind of really learned how that whole entire ecosystem worked. And that was a big reason why I went to UC Berkeley was for that. Obviously it's a great school. It's like, I think like one of the best public schools in the whole world, like you can look that up online. It's, it's, networking. A it's, it's, like, a, it's honestly yeah. all a networking thing. Like the amount of people that I met out there that have venture funds, raised capital, have started companies, exited companies, et cetera, was massive. But that was actually the time where I learned e-commerce in a sense. Um, and honestly, where we all kind of learned e-commerce, like yeah. back in high school, we were getting hit with like Shopify and like Oberlo ads. If you know what Oberlo is, good for you. Like you're an OG. Yeah. Um, if you know what Oberlo is, yeah, it was a big drop shipping like app you added on Shopify, kind of helped you drop ship from AliExpress. Yeah. But I got uh, I got pushed into that. I'd say. But sorry to cut you off. Funny yeah, story. Go, go. Oberlo went out of business. So that's how old they really? are. Is that I don't even know that. Oberlo that's actually nuts. went out of business for order fulfillment. So now like that's like what we were using for fulfillment. A lot of you guys probably know that if you're in the e-commerce space. But they went out of business. That's, that's like, nuts. And we have we've been only been doing this for like maybe like half a decade. You know. And yeah, five been, six years at this you point. Know? So it's like five six years and yeah yeah and, and that's shit funny. shifts. But but like yeah, I, I just want to kind of touch on the, the college element of it too. Like if you are going to go to school, like just make sure you network like crazy because uh, I don't know if we if we want to mention, but we went to an event in the city where. We, um, you know, John bumped into someone that he actually saw speaking at his school, a very big founder who sold this company for a lot of money. $100 million dollar exit. $100 yeah. million dollar exit. But more importantly, like he just, he had a lot of value to provide, right? And so from, from nudging into him five years ago in college, four years ago in college, like we were just able to open up a conversation with someone who is, you know, worth a hell of a lot more than us and worth more than most people we get to talk to on a daily basis. Yeah. And, and while we don't want to quantify people to their net worth, uh, the, the quality of conversation is a lot of times can be correlational to their business experience. And in this case, this guy has had, a, you know, a ton. No, and, and, and it was crazy because like, I think everyone in the room kind of knew who he was. No one really wanted to approach him like that. And I just took a different angle. I was like, Hey man, like, I think you spoke in my class five years ago and he was like, he was blown away. He was like, how do you remember that? He, he was like, and then I, I told him the whole story of like, he shared some like crazy story about like his VC back then, blah, blah, blah. He remembered it all. And just after that, he was like, all right, like, Follow me on Twitter, like follow me back, pretty sick. Um, and then we just had like, I think like a half an hour conversation. So I think that's the value you can get from kind of going to college and everything too. Um, definitely have to network. And like, if you can go to a place where there is networks of these people it would be great. So like, for example, right now, Austin's popping off, Austin, Texas, um, Miami's great right now. A lot of people working in like web three, crypto, e-commerce out there. Um, Stuff like that. New York's huge. So if you got any schools yeah. into New York, definitely a good place to be to be in that area. And then California, you know, Bay Area is not going anywhere. LA is a great place too. Just like somewhere like a metro area where there's a whole bunch of people who are smart, who are working on like really big ideas that you can just chat with. Like it's kind of crazy because we live in a small town in New Jersey, right? When I went out there, I used to tell like Kyle and some of our friends, like I can literally book a call with anybody here. Like everyone's like two to three people away from like literally knowing you. So it's like, and people are willing to like spend the time to talk to you, right? It's not like, it's not like a weird thing. It's not a hard thing to do. You literally just reach out and say, hey, I go to, I'm a student at UC Berkeley or even I'm a student at Rutgers, student anywhere, right? Um, 
and people are willing to chat, you know, like there's a lot of alumni, a lot of people who want to give back. So it's huge like that. Um, but I'll keep going with the story too. Like yeah. I was at Berkeley, we learned e-commerce, came back to Jersey, kind of told everybody about e-commerce. Funny enough, I remember I told Kyle back in the day, he thought it was all BS. He went back to school, boom, next semester, Kyle dropped out. <laughs> Did like 150K a month. And he was like, a million, but who's counting? Whatever, whatever the hell it is. But he was like, I'm done. It was funny because we're all still in school, and he was like, Yeah, like I'm done. Like I'm, I'm ripping right now. And I was like, All right, sounds good, dude. Yeah. Um, ever finished school? Uh, I, unfortunately, I was like one of like the, the the COVID babies or whatever. Like didn't have a graduation, blah blah blah. Yeah, Who really yeah, yeah. doesn't really matter that much. I still have the piece of paper for whatever it means. Um, I'd say and then I don't know, like three years ago ish, probably like my junior year at, at school, we launched like a an e-commerce company, like a real brand and everything too. And throughout that whole entire time, we always were doing like affiliate marketing, drop shipping, like a lot of ad buying. Like we've spent millions on any any on business you can think of, we've tried it. Yeah, we've, we've <laughs> tried it. Yeah, like a whole bunch of stuff. And like that's part of it, right? You have to like you have to try stuff, fail, learn from that, learn from people, and like that's how you kind of get something going. But yeah, we launched that brand around three years ago. It still exists, still still thrives. Has a whole bunch of like a huge subscription base. Does really well. And then also what we're in right now is. Um, we, we run a 3PL, like a third-party logistics company, a fulfillment center. So we fulfill for a whole bunch of e-commerce brands, like ship out tens of thousands of orders a month right now. And that's kind of where I spend my time. I know Kyle has an agency and kind of spends a lot of time on there, but we're all both in the same space. We help each other out a lot. Like a lot of his clients work with us, a lot of our clients work with him. So we're definitely in that e-commerce space. And even now we're taking a lot of like our experiences, like successes in the space and pushing that into different ventures too. like. We're doing some real estate stuff right now, have like some other brick and mortar businesses we're, we're investing in. So we definitely have a wide plethora when it comes to kind of business and understanding how, how it works. And obviously, like you said, we're new money. So we're, we're coming up just like you, but I'm sure there's people watching this that are kind of coming up right behind us come, that have surpassed us, but definitely a lot of the learnings that we're having here and like we're gonna share is applicable across the board. And also some of the people who we're bringing in, just some 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 beasts, right? Like just, just, yeah. just some heavy hitters, guys. Who've exited guys who are running like 10 figure brands at this point like what's that yeah, yeah. like a billion dollars like is that a bill uh it's yeah it's a billion yeah, they might have 10 billion dollar valuations i mean yeah 10 billion dollar valuations mean, like those guys are doing like nine figs for sure a year yeah. like I mean, we have like, a few billionaires we, like, like we have, i mean yeah like we have yeah. friends that like friends that are our age right like we got people who are who are worth tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars but we have friends that are our age that are 50 you know, have 15, 20 million dollar net worths, you know, which is a little bit more than ours, but we're getting there. Yeah, but it's yeah, like, yeah. but but it's crazy because the conversations we have with them, there are, we. it's almost like we, we always see eye to eye because the amount of value we can provide them, them is almost identical to the amount of value that they can provide us. So regardless of like income levels, we, we all just have so much business experience and no matter what level you're at, you can learn from someone who's below you, above you, exactly sideways, like it doesn't and, matter, you can learn from And, and we're excited for this too, because like these people, we've like, we've been friends with a lot of them for a while, but we've never actually sat down for say like 45 minutes to an hour yeah. and like actually like heard their story, heard their learning. So we're excited to even learn from them like you guys will learn so much from them too, yeah. so definitely stick around for that. But one quick thing, I don't think we like do we say our names too. Uh, I mean, we can, we can, we can put them somewhere. Whatever, like you guys, I think you probably know Kyle. Like he's famous. Yeah, Instagram. Kyle, Kyle Russell. Yeah, we'll we'll put our socials. Uh, yeah, socials. Somewhere e-commerce below, Kyle. Kyle Russell. A lot of people know me as e-commerce Kyle, just because like that. Like again, like we talked about, that's my upbringing. 
Uh, and I did, I went a little bit more like the, the personal branding route in the beginning. Uh, this guy was more behind the scenes of it all, which which looking back, there was, there's definitely pros and cons of both. Of both I was able to create a lot of great connections. I was able to, uh, and honestly, the connections is the biggest thing. And I was able to create an audience where, you know, a lot of my team members within my marketing agency right now are people that I was able to get through a network on like Instagram or who trusted me with their business or with their expertise and high level skills. Um, because of the value that I've been able to provide to other people. And so I think that was, that's one of the pros, but you know, the other con is that I spent a lot of time like in my initial e-commerce stages, as soon as I figured it out, it was like, I, I didn't feel like I had this sense of superiority or authority, but I did feel kind of this duty to like help other people oh, for sure. um, or like to be able to give back. And, but the problem is, uh, and I, I haven't really talked too much about this, but I think it's kind of common sense is when you do build up a small audience, uh, you get dozens and dozens of DMs every single day. And so it just depends on how you filter that. And, how you, and, and for me personally, I was always someone who, who I enjoyed helping people, but I didn't see it at the expense of like designated time and allocating energy into my business. So I think the moral of that whole story was, you know, if personal brands are great, especially building a presence for, you know, an e-commerce brand, building it for, you know, a coaching company, like whatever it is, it's all great and getting attention is a good thing, but being able to do it in an efficient way to where it's not, you know, taking over your entire time, you know, your entire day, your schedule, um, and where, you know, you're able to do it in a way that's more scalable. For example, YouTube, like this podcast, you know, in, in two years from now, three years from now, 50,000, 100,000 people might see this episode. Definitely. And, you know, in reality, it took us 30 minutes to an hour to film. And it took us, you know, maybe a couple of weeks of well thought out prep work and things of that nature to get it up and running. But but that's like the power of, you know, more of a scalable personal brand. And connecting Honestly, I'm going to do this one thing real quick. I saw Mr. Beast do this. He was talking about it on his Nelk, on a Nelk podcast like two weeks ago. And he said it when like one of his first videos, he's like, look, within like, I think he said a year of a certain goal. So honestly, within a year, I said we were up to like, 20,000 subscribers Easy. on this channel, right? 20,000 subscribers, it's on camera. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Our goal is in one year, 12 months from now, we have 20,000 subs. We're posting every single week. So this is like on our calendar every Maybe single week. Maybe two times a week, we'll see. We'll see if we get to two times a week, but like definitely one time a week, we're gonna have a guest every single every single week to kind of talk through it. We might have our own, just like me and you kind of riffing off stuff. Yeah. But look, like Kyle said, a lot of stuff happens to us during the weeks. Like we hop on a lot of calls, Solving a lot of problems, working with a lot of like, like a lot of companies, a lot of um, business owners, stuff like that. So we just want to take it out of our brains and out of our little group text and like yeah. put it out to the world, put it on YouTube, and like honestly, it's just a great experience for all of us. Um, so we're excited to share it all. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I even want to, I want to kind of jump back a little bit, super quick, into the story of me kind of dropping out because yeah, yeah. Talk I know about I, it. I talk to you guys about it a lot, but a lot of people. You know, a lot of people are in a position, you know, hopefully you're in a position to where you're actually considering taking a, like a, a, you know, a big risk or like a leap, uh, either in business or in life, whatever it might be. Uh, and like, yeah, for me, when I was, when I was, yeah, when I was in college and I started making money, like, I think I, I met up with some friends in Florida and those guys were, Tampa, right? yeah, and those yeah, guys were doing that. better than me. And so I think that's another, so that number one, that's probably one of the most important things is if, if you're surrounding yourself with fucking bums. You're gonna be the average of the five people bum. you spend the most time with. You're gonna be a bum, right? Like, even if you're trying to work to work hard to bring them up, there's only so much that you can do. Like, you just have to have people around you that are just kind of on that same path and on that same mission. And like, because I was exposed to that environment, I was like so much more just like resilient and just ready to kind of attack anything that came my way. And so, when, you know, when I got a taste of that, and it's funny, funny enough, when I was surround, surrounded by those group of guys, I sold that first business that we talked about that I scaled, uh, which I went through a year of just eating shit 
in retrospect, that's nothing to succeed in business. Like if you can only eat shit for a year and, and be profitable, oh, you're like you're, you're, you're fantastic, right? So some of you guys might've been like dabbling around with business for the last three months and be like, why am I not a millionaire? It's cause you've got to give it time like the, in any business. But anyways, I, I got a wire for like 40 grand, um, which was like pretty much all profit. Cause I had sold my first drop shipping company and I was like, holy shit, like there's there's something, there's something about this that I think I can continue to do and that I don't think is going anywhere anytime soon, despite what my parents might've thought or what family, friends, things of that nature. Um, but yeah, I mean, your circle's super important. The, I, when I left, it was like, it was scary, but it was also very exciting because it was like, you know, a new thing. I signed up a, a lease for an apartment way too quickly. Um, you know, spending like, way too much money spent, on that lease. Spent way too much that. money, you know, there's, but there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that I think both of us did that we might've done differently. Probably me, maybe a little bit more than you. Cause he's always been very, very, he's, he's been really good with his, with his money. With I'm his very budgeting, calculated, very, very Kyle, frugal. Kyle's a nice way to put it. Kyle's very good at just like zero to a hundred really fast. And I'll go like zero to a hundred really slow. We'll and both these, get to a hundred, but like and these guys will, they'll, they'll, they'll level me out too. You know, like they'll, when, you know, again, when I was, when I was younger and I say younger, this was all really four or five years ago. So, so not too long in, in, in hindsight, but you know, I, I got a car, I got, you know, I got the apartment. I, I took some of the trips. Another car, another car, three beavers later. And you know, it, it was all great, but you know, looking back, it's like, you know, there's definitely a lot of things you do differently. Like the most important thing is like have a fulfilling life, you know, and stack up. Like you want to make a lot of money, but you want to keep a lot of money. That's where a lot of people go wrong in entrepreneurship. Like we've had friends go through it. We've had we've had friends that have gone through exits and then just blew some of like like majority of the money millions, when it comes to millions, exits. Millions. And it's like you know you, you got to be smart, right? Like when you're on the come up, when you're when you're getting ready to make that next risk, you have to make sure that it's calculated. No matter what's coming in, like it's you, it's only going to be guaranteed if you 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 don't let it go out, right? So you have to have a system to where money's coming in. You have to be very mindful of letting things go, right? Like just. Try not to spend a shit ton of money. Don't make the mistakes that I did, which will probably go into a lot more depth on like a yeah. different episode or something. But, but yeah, I mean that, like that, I will say though, that risk that, that, you know, taking that risk and making that leap, it really puts your back, you know, in a position to where your back's against the wall and it's either you make it or, you know, you, you, you're fucked, right? Like you have no other option. And so, you know, I'd like to say that I made it, but there's a, you know, there's a very long way to go from here. And, you know, hopefully you guys stick around for, for that, for that journey. But yeah, that's just a little bit of a background into, as to how I actually like dropped out of school. And, and it was justified because I was making the amount of money. I told my parents, I was like, all right, I'm going to make this amount of money. If I do, then I'm going to take care of you guys, right? I'm going to send maybe a thousand, two thousand dollars a month, something like that to chip in on rent. So, you know, of course they're not going to be like, oh yeah, you, you got to go back to school and I'll be like, okay, I'll cut off the, uh, you know, helping you guys out. Like, no, they're, they're always going to support what, what, you know, my passion is and whatever I want to do. But most parent parents are in that position where they're like, they want you to succeed. And honestly, the reality of it, most businesses don't succeed, right? So when you take that leap, when you step away, uh, most people are going to be against you, but it's because they, they care about you, right? It's not because necessarily they're not supportive, but you have to be smart. You have to be very well calculated when you do get into business, when you take those risks. Cause if you don't like you, you, you there's definitely a, a lot of downside if you don't have that that the calculation behind uh, and, and like one thing i'll add which i don't think i've ever said to you either but like full respect on that because you definitely like i remember like, your family wasn't in the best place at a point you definitely took care of them you still probably do take care of them too so i never had to do that so full respect to that because like especially when you're like 19 20 years old having to like take care of parents family brothers sister stuff like that yeah. houses rents etc i never had to do that so Full respect to you. Uh, definitely different spending habits, but at the same exact time, like 
lot of kudos for you to that. Like, yeah, you know, thank you. Like, and, and all, all of our buddies, like, definitely have always seen that. So, like, that's definitely something that Kyle, like, he's, like, I, he's pretty much in his head. He's, like, I figured something out. I figured something out that my family couldn't figure out. I figured something out that, like, even my friends at that point couldn't figure out. Like, he was he was killing us numbers-wise back in the day. Now, we're, we're similar. We're, we're similar. <laughs> now, now we're similar. But, like, back in the day, definitely Kyle was, was ripping it. He had – he did it. First million dollar month ever we ever seen. He did it 100%. And, like, he definitely was, like, always first thing was, like, all right, make sure to take care of my parents. Make sure to take care of my brother, sister, et cetera. Um, so, good for you, bro, on that yeah, one. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, and, yeah. and just to kind of touch on that, like, it, it's it's cool because looking back, it's, like, it, it's, it just kind of depends on the situation we compare ourselves to. So, it's, like, in, in our upbringing, it's, like, you know, a lot of families had, you know, you had things handed down to. You go on, you know on on bi-monthly vacations you know you get school paid off like what, whatever it is and and in reality like even in my position being in the position to where i was able to help out and where i was even able, able to like go to school and be surrounded by people who had the opportunity to get into these businesses like at a young age like you know we're we're in a really fucking like blessed position oh yeah you know yeah, like 100%. It, there's it, it's it's crazy you know like there's there's, I mean, we have people working for us that we'd like to think that we are, I mean, I, I, it's not that we'd like to think we are providing like oh, better lives for Philippines, yeah, India, yeah. like all these different places. And, and, you know, paying them six, $7 an hour is three times what they're, what they're actually making there. And they're incredibly grateful. And we're here complaining that we're not at, you know, two, three million a year in profit yet. And it's like, it, it's crazy. We, sometimes we just have to sit down and, and reflect on the fact that we got a roof over our heads. We got food on our table. 100%. Like we're, you know. We're not in debt, and like that's, or we're not in bad debt. Oh, we have we have <laughs> debt, but it's all good debt. Yeah, we have not, a lot of actually we have a lot of debt, but yeah. it's all very good. Debt. Not uh, not we're we're in Grand Cardone debt. We're not in uh, uh Dave Ramsey debt, right? Yeah, I don't know Dave. <laughs> is that like a chef or something? Who's Dave Ramsey? Uh, you know Dave Ramsey, the talk show. Uh, he he talks about like all finance. He's about like don't get into debt. Like he's like like Susie Orman, Susie Orman kind of guy. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you'll look him up. You know who Dave Ramsey is. All right, all right. You know, but but you know. Also, you'll learn. I'm not good with like names and faces and stuff. So if you tell me some <laughs> famous person, I'm like, yeah, I have no idea who that is. But. Yeah, well. Anyways, what 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 are we? Yeah, let, I think we'll, we'll spit some game today too. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about like the current climate of I guess direct consumer e-commerce. We'll, we'll try to keep it quick. Um, but you know, in, in short, that's, that's our upbringing. That's what we, that's what we know a majority about. Um, so we're just going to talk a little bit about like, you know, state of just, e just e-commerce, like how people are building brands, how it's kind of differed for when, when we kind of got into it and what we found the most success with versus what we've had to transition to in order to have profitable businesses now. Um, and, and just for some context, cause I didn't get too deep into it. Um, he has a three PL, so he's behind dozens of brands i have a, an agency so i'm behind dozens of brands and so like we see what's working now in so many different verticals and areas and it's a lot different than you know what was working four or five six years Even ago last year honestly yeah, yeah it, stuff changes quick changes fast like there's ios updates there's tracking there's there's needing better content well hyper tiktok didn't this, exist TikTok when didn't when, exist. when we yeah, got into yeah, all yeah. this tiktok didn't ex really exist like from an ad perspective until like the end of 2020 which was like I think after, you know, I had had the, probably the most success that I've ever had in e-commerce and I hit a, like a $1.6 million a month. That was like Facebook, Google, and maybe a little bit of email and SMS. Like knowing what I know now, that could have been a three, $4 million a month. But anyways, like, yeah, I guess current state of e-commerce right now, uh, again, we, we've, we talk to, we actively manage and we actively run our own direct consumer brands, like almost 24 seven at this point. And so the, the, I'd say, you know, the biggest shift has been in the way that people acquire customers you know, costs have increased, things of that nature. But I'll touch real quick in terms of those of you who are here who might be from like my audience or who are interested in e-commerce. 
you're probably like, you know, what the hell is the move right now? You know, is it drop shipping? Is it building a brand? Like what, what should I get into? Especially if I have like maybe five grand saved up, 10 grand saved up. And if you don't have five, 10 grand saved up, go mow some lawns for two months because yeah, go there's no snow. excuse to not be able to make five yeah, grand yeah. in the next 30, 60 days. Unless, you know, you're taking care of family or this and that, you know, just swallow your pride because, you know, you can work a job and Uber. you can have a business on the side. You can make six, seven, Yo, eight grand a month I, for I shouldn't even talk about this, but honestly, when Kyle, before we even did e-commerce, Kyle was grinding. He was everything. Like Uber, Dash, Postmates, Uber, all like, of that. And like, honestly, you got to also sign up for like DoorDash back in the day. Like, summer jobs. Like, summer jobs, like working at the pool, like uh, like shoveling counseling, snow, lifeguarding, counseling, like, all, yeah, all this stuff. Like busboys at restaurants, like waiters at restaurants. I've, I've been a freaking dishwasher <laughs> once at a restaurant, you know, like yeah. all these things, like cash stuff on the books. People worked at TJ Maxx before, like just like anything, right? Like if you're young, if you're like under like 22 years old. You should definitely have a job, but don't sit all summer doing absolutely nothing. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, and, don't, money. and don't strategize creating like the next million dollar brand if you only have a thousand dollars in the bank, because that's going to be really hard. Really you hard. Know? Like you, you, there's there's two things that are kind of on your side when it comes to building a business. One is, is the amount of capital you have. The other is the amount of time that you have. Right. And I would say even a third one that kind of ties into time is your experience. You know, if you're experienced, then you're either going to be experienced with deploying capital into a business or you're going to be experienced in you know, allocating your time properly to actually know how to build a business without having a shit ton of capital. So like 100%. if you have, like I said, if you have like five, 10 K, you're probably thinking, do I build a brand? Do I get into dropshipping? Whatever it might be. I would tell you right now, dropshipping is tough right now. Building a brand right now is tough right now. They're both tough. Any business is going to be tough. Um, but I will tell you that what will have the biggest upside potential is going to be building a brand that you, you know, you have some inventory for, you have a good customer experience and you don't have to start there, right? Like I started, many people start, I still do dropship, but I'm, I'm definitely doing a lot more of a transitional period to to having inventory-based brands because you see the valuations, you see the exits, you see the 100%. happy customers that are way happier than when you scale $1.6 million of a product that is is good, but that gets to them after Christmas because it's a, a holiday and, product. And bought in like October or something. And you <laughs> get chargebacks and you get this yeah, and you that. Yeah. And, and you know, that that's, you know, you want to have a business that makes you a lot of money, but you want to have a business that makes you a lot of money, keeps you a lot of money and keeps customers coming back so that you don't have to worry too much about ad spend and cost to acquire customers and things of that nature. Those are always going to be important. But when you build a brand, I think you can build it in a way that can be really fun, but it can also be very sustainable, which 100%. like drop shipping a lot of times is not. No, and I think like for a lot of the guys who come from Kyle's audience, probably a lot of drop shippers. And honestly, we all started in that space. That's where we learned that's how we learn this game, right? Dropshipping. And I think there's a lot to learn with dropshipping. I'd say the two biggest things, actually probably the three biggest things. One is media buying. So buying ads like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Google, even like Twitter sometimes. You know, once in a while Twitter could work. I don't know. Yeah. Some guys are running big ads, like just crazy stuff, right? Just media buying in general is a huge skill that it's easy to learn when you're dropshipping because you don't have the risk of the inventory, right? So I'd say number one, you can learn from media buying. Number two is you learn website build, landing page build, how do use Shopify, etc. Both of those things you can literally learn with like a hundred dollars. Yeah. You can run an ad for fifty bucks. You can get Shopify for thirty thirty dollars. You can work for an ad agency like for free. You can work for a fulfillment company for free. Like exactly. You know, be be willing to kind of step into a position to where you might be able to learn because there's no amount of money that you'll get paid that will be equivalent of the value that you'll actually learn being in a position like media for sure. buying. You for know? sure. I'd even say that the third thing dropshipping gives you is like like the uh experience experience but also like the first ability to like be able to source product yeah, yeah. like being able to like find a manufacturer in china or whatever country you're supplying even in the u.s and like just like knowing what an moq looks like yep. knowing what like shipping times look like like maybe even customizations 
stuff like that. And honestly, just communicating with manufacturers is definitely a skill in itself. How to negotiate back and forth, how to get terms with with a yeah. I'm going through all that shit right now. You know, oh, and, and, like, yeah. and, I, and I, I like I've done this before, but but I'm doing it a lot more extensively now for like a new brand of mine, and it's like. You know, it, it it's it's newer territory, but it's so much familiar having already kind of done it at the drop shipping level. Literally, exactly. the only difference, like I used to think that building a brand was you know incredibly complex, but at the end of the day, it's just I will say it might be a little bit slower of a startup period if you want it to be right. It's you know but it, it just lasts a lot longer. Yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. It, it's like literally the only difference is you have to put a little bit more thought and energy into the in the way that you you know you, you prep things for a good customer experience, right? So it's not just like oh I'm gonna source this product, I'm gonna steal content, I'm gonna give the shitty packaging. It's like okay I'm gonna spend a month and I'm gonna spend a month figuring out what my product wants to look like, getting some samples, ordering them, getting the package figured out, figuring out where I want to market, and like figuring out like your kind of brand identity that's that's kind of that could take 30 to 90 days maybe but by the time you figure it out you pay a couple hundred dollars for content maybe a couple hundred dollars for like some web development make a good website and then you know you 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 build out this organic foundation which you might not have a very good opportunity of being able to do with drop shipping because you know uh, organic is it, it leans on the fact that you have a brand that people are going to come back to right so you want people to follow you you want people to you know engage with your content and you want them to, them to come back to buy the other products that you might be selling uh and or to buy the same product multiple times right that's where the concept of like continuity comes into play exactly. um where like you know we've, we've had a lot of success in subscription and that's where kind of the industry is leaning a little bit and that's what what we kind of uh have more kind of favoritism towards but anyways like to to kickstart a brand it's it's not as expensive as you would think. It just takes a little bit, maybe more time to get it off the ground. Um, but all of the same principles apply. You just order a couple hundred units of inventory. You can even do inventory financing, right? Like these guys oh, have a partner. So these guys have an inventory financing partner, and it's like you know you pay a couple percentage in interest. But if it's something that you've you've meticulously and and again going back to the conversation of you've calculated it and it's very well thought out, then you can make sure that you have you know a thousand dollars worth of inventory that you're ordering. You're bringing it in, and it's like man, I I, I used to scale dropshipping stores to like ten k in a week. And it's like, if I had just, if I'm already going to put down, let's say four or five grand and I have to float that in cost of goods for like, let's say a $15,000 week. And I'm not even going to get the payment from Stripe until like the next Monday, because I'm doing this all on like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So it's like, I'm already putting that money down. Like, why wouldn't I just do that for inventory, wait two weeks to get it. But now I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to have more margins because I'm going to be able to cut costs or I'm going to be able to have a lot of those customers come back and, and maybe, you know, reduce my chargeback rate from 3% to like 0.5%, get or very little return. Zero on it. Yeah. Like, and like, I think another little thing that we can like, people could try out is I, I'm a big advocate of, because it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to find a product that's going to work. Obviously, like dropshippers know, like they're always looking for the next product. Yeah. A good thing you can always do, which like I recommend to a lot of people who are going into like e-commerce and D2C and stuff like that, is like test before you go and buy bulk, right? So yeah, make a landing page, find a product. You can even drop ship the first like 50 to 100 orders. Or you could pre-order it. You, you could pre- Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could do pre-orders. There's a lot of different ways you could do it, right? Say you, say you run a pre-order on your on your uh, Shopify store. I've seen a lot of guys have success with this. They sell the first 100 units within the first week. Boom, they place a, a PO in China for say 1,000 units. Within three weeks, that inventory is in the U.S. and we're fulfilling it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, there's obviously like the customer. The first hundred customers had to wait an extra like week or two. But think about what you just did after that. Every the next nine hundred and not have a good experience where they yeah yeah the way the way that I look at that and it's a good point because like we work with some brands that have uh, that have a subscription element and they almost feel guilty for like running that up right if they might have like a two or a three percent 
customer return rate or like a 0.5% chargeback rate because innately and naturally you're going to have that. But you have to look at it from the perspective of, you know, you're, you're collecting this money now and you, it might be at the expense of 3%, 5% of your customers so that your other 95% can have, have an incredible experience. experience. Exactly. And that's part of business. Like you're never going to find someone who's like, you're never going to find a hundred percent of people that are like, Oh always my God, I, happy. I, like I love Apple, right? Like Apple is just the best <laughs> thing ever. You're always going to have both sides, right? Like Apple's going to have people that are like, I hate that I have to pay for iCloud. I hate this. I hate that. At the end of the day, though, if a majority of your customers are happy, you're running to get business. Exactly. hundred percent. Like even the ones that did buy early, there's easy ways to kind of like remedy that where it's like, hey, once they reach out to you saying, hey, like, where's my order? Just hit them back. Be like, hey, look, completely apologize. I'll refund half your order. You get it half price your product, right? You do something like that. You actually have a, a real relationship, real like communication channel with your customers. Yeah. That makes them come back and buy again. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And you can like, you can be honest and transparent because the, the only times customers are going to piss you off is when you're not being real with them, right? So if you're like, listen, like inventory is getting delayed. It's going to take a couple of weeks to get to you. Then you say, if you want to cancel your order, like we don't blame you. If you want to stick it out with us, we're going to make sure that we treat you right. Right. So if they're like, eh, exactly. you know, I want to get, get it canceled. Okay. No problem. Right. But if they're like, you know what, I'll, I'll wait for it. Like, it's really cool. They're going to get it and they're going to they're going to be happy that you kind of filled them in on it and you know what you can do you can say hey listen since like honestly you were one of our earlier customers you know because we're, we're we're like we're a startup we're a new brand we're a small business so number one we appreciate your order number two would you mind filling out like a super quick survey just to talk about your experience right how was the packaging how was the product quality like you know i, I know that the, the shipping might not have been the best but how was overall your customer experience and then, were you happy were you were then, transparent and then with you, what you do is just make a little promo code that says we are sorry 30 and you send it to them they're going to laugh because it's called We Are Sorry 30 <laughs> and they're all going to use it again to buy yeah. again. You know what I mean? It's so like, look at that. Now you just acquired a, like an, another order in a sense without having to pay Facebook, without having to pay Instagram. Even without the best in the world customer experience, right? Literally. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. If, if you're real with people, if people see a real brand, a real face behind actual like the business that they're buying from, they're a lot more prone to come back by again. They're a lot more like prone to like empathize as to like your situation. Um, and you just have to understand that, right? Like, Business is all about just people. It's like literally, it's all people. E-commerce people think they can sit behind Shopify, sit behind ads yeah. manager, and just like click away. Obviously, you could do that, but at, at at the real core of it, it's all just people, right? Like people are the ones who are paying for it. People are the ones who are shipping it. People are the ones who are making it, right? So if you can actually build those bonds between the people where they trust you, you trust them, build real trust in between, and that's how you get people to rebuy again. That's how you get people to give you good feedback where it's like, hey, this product was great. Actually, I'd love if you launch this new product, right? Think about that. If you can get your customers to start telling you new products to launch, you have your first 500 orders on the new product. There's like so many ways you could do it yeah. once you really figure out yeah, the whole customer channel. We do, that at, we do that at the agency a lot. It's like a, a lot of people don't leverage their existing customer base but you know if you do want to start a brand and you're like well how do i know that people are gonna like my product how, how are this that whatever first of all you got the power of tiktok you got reddit you got facebook you have social media at your expense so you can literally or at your disposal rather so you can literally say hey i have this product idea right um let's say you want to sell I don't know, I'm trying try not to think of a product innately that either we sell or that we know someone personally that sells but you know let's say you're trying to sell uh magnetic eyelashes okay <laughs> The first thing you're going to do is just do a little bit of competitor research. Say, listen, is someone else selling this profitably? 
or, or does it appear as though someone else is selling it profitably? If the answer is yes, then there's probably a chance that you can go ahead and sell it. But a big part of e-commerce is you want to have some differentiation factor, right? You want to be unique. You want to, you want to do it in a unique way. You want to present it. You want to market it in a unique way where even if it solves maybe the same problem, you're just marketing it in a different way and you can somehow differentiate your competitors and you don't want that to be price, right? Like you don't want to commoditize yourself. You want to figure out a way to create more value, right? If you don't, if you guys don't know, like Alex Ramosi, he's a, he's a very big advocate of this where it's like, you know, you can, he, that, that guy could probably sell ice to Eskimos. It's literally. kind of like the vibe that I'm getting at in terms of you can create a product that, you know, has literally the same, uh, for example, proactive, right? They were a company that, um, that they're, they're still a company probably more, more than a billion dollars now that has a bunch of acne type products. And they had some, you know, they had some, uh, identity behind the products or a process that they called, you know, the, the blackhead pinpointing technology, right? And they had this proprietary blackhead pinpointing technology. Every fucking, you know, product that's just like theirs on the market does that exact same thing. It's just that they gave it a name and they allowed, you know, they were able to differentiate themselves from competitors. That's what allowed them to thrive. So again, going back to the initial point, so we don't go too off topic. If you have an idea and you want to test it, you you honestly don't even have to spend money doing it. You go on Reddit, you go on TikTok, you post some videos and, and you just, if you can have 50 people even who are relevant to the product that you're selling, that's what we call statistical significance. So if you have 50 people even, just that few people, like, I, I have more than 50 family members between cousins, uncles, aunts, <laughs> whatever. Like if you have 50 people that, that would be somewhat interested in your product, again, we have the power of social media and you get a survey on all of them on how, you know, how, what they would like to see in a product like that, if they would even buy it, what, what price points they would buy it. You could do all this stuff before you even launch it. And that really doesn't cost any money. That just costs time. You know, it goes back 100%. to like, it goes back to the, the, the discussion that we had in terms of you either have to have one or two things in business. You have to have money or you have to have time to be able to just relentlessly deploy things and test things. Cause like now you have TikTok organic, right? Like you can run up a store to hundred K a month. Like we had a client of ours. It was actually a client of both of ours who they, they did three, 400 K in a single day or three or 400 K in like On a two day TikTok, time period, yeah, yeah, um, through the power of TikTok, Right. And for and free too exactly no ad yeah, spend no probably ad spend. 60 70 percent margins and that's like that's life changing and now you you build a, a system and a framework that you can repeat for other brands brands right but like the point is you know that's in terms of building a brand it's never been easier but it's never been easier to start a brand but that doesn't mean that it's easy to scale it you to know there's a lot of if you put in a lot of time you put in a lot of effort and i think the most important thing is you is if you stick it through for a long period of time like you'll almost be able to make any good unique like tested product that has had a bit of success during its kind of initial launch period, you're, you're going to be able to build that into something really great if you just stick it. Definitely. Through, you and, know? and I'd say a lot of what we chat about is like the drop shipping world and stuff like that. But I think the second piece of it is also the brand world, right? And like, like it's called like D to C at this point, like direct to consumer. I think once you leave that drop shipping world, you kind of fall into that category. And like Kyle was saying before, kind of like earlier on, that's where the real value wealth creation is established yeah and the reason for that is that this thing called like multiples right if you've never heard of what a multiple is just like look into it look up what a ebitda multiple is or a revenue multiple pretty much how these things are valued is that once you go and sell these businesses like actual legitimate brands with actual inventory that have been around say for more than i don't know 18 months at a point right like a, it's a legitimate business has real customers returning customers like low chargeback rate like low return rate, all these type of like good things, then you can actually exit for a multiple. Multiple means that say for example, e-commerce right now, I think e-commerce is looking at like a two and a half to three X EBITDA multiple. EBITDA is a famous, like a, not a famous, like a fancy, a fancy acronym for profit, right? Yeah. 
So in a sense, whatever your profit is times three is what your business is actually worth. Now in the dropshipping world, if you have a store for like say 70 days and 75 days, it's pretty much worth nothing. It's yeah. worth the email list, maybe the pixel data. And honestly, even that's worth nothing because they probably can't even log back into the Shopify. You don't even have a payment processor at that point. Yeah, you get banned by Facebook. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of like rabbit holes you go down. But the brand side on, on the end of it has equity to it, right? There's a customer base. There's a real social media accounts. There's an email list. There's a subscriber base. There's legitimate inventory that actually has a real value that's like actually could be traded for like dollars at a point, right? Yeah. Um, that's where the exits happen. For example, I think we were talking about once... Uh, Recently, a brand called Hero Cosmetics got acquired for, I think, either 640 or 680 million, like really recently. And um, how do they do that? They've been around for a few years. I'd say three to maybe five years. I don't know the exact timeline, but they have real brand equity. They're in Target. They're in retailers. They're in CVS. I think they're in Walgreens. They have a DTC presence. They have an Amazon presence. They built multiple channels of revenue of EBITDA that actually made them... Uh, exitable right so like the founder walked away with who knows how many millions off of that exit and yeah, it's 630 million 630 exit. million Jeez. dollar exit and that's because why because she didn't just like drop ship 30 days try to make like a 50k bag no like she built a legitimate business with customers with employees with systems with partners with like stuff like you know they also only raised 16.2 million in funding there you go she raised 16 million and sold for 630 million obviously she didn't own all the company at that point but i'm sure she owned at least half of it at that point right so another one there's another one called supply it's like a razor company they sell like one piece like metal expensive razors they were on shark tank a few years back i think they got a deal with like hershevac for like a quarter million something like that yeah recently on twitter i just saw that they were bought by an aggregator one of like the amazon like e-commerce aggregators i'm sure for a healthy multiple few million dollars um great brand like right back at right back to our whole entire story right the brand they have great packaging great experience great founders like great story like longevity they've been around for probably five years at this point right um and they have happy customers that all goes back to building brand equity having a multiple to exit on right you can't do that with drop shipping but with drop shipping you can learn the skills necessary to build that and then yeah. that's a whole different uh ball game right like you have to have inventory you have to have a real brand employees etc but all doable like 100 percent all doable right like even kyle said we were in new york city at an event last week a whole bunch of brand owners right and all these guys have inventory they have three pls they have and most uh, of them started drop shipping most of them know, are literally so like, like like honestly the, the some, some of the best ones are all started as drop shippers right because they were able to f like quickly test for demand see that it actually works on facebook on instagram on tiktok etc just quickly pivoted and then, yeah exactly and then use like that like proven fact of like somewhat product market fit and pivoted to inventory and then just like scale from there right like they didn't just jump in and say hey let me buy like 10 grand worth of inventory like no like they tested it within a month or two they kind of figure out okay this is how it's, this is going to work this is the ad that could work let me buy some inventory take a little bit of risk and start building off of that and then boom like they look like overnight successes they're not they've spent years yeah. and years building this out but they probably started in a similar space that you did you know what i mean but like that's where the real wealth creation is right when you get an exit multiple that you can multiply revenues and ebitda to that and exit for massive numbers you know yeah. what i mean so yeah yeah, I mean, I'm, work, I'm working on a brand right now, and I'll tell you what, like, it's 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 slower, but it's it's. I mean, it's more fun than drop shipping because you all that you're thinking about is holy shit. Like, I, I I'm so confident I can scale this to a quarter million a month plus, 
and you can do it with much higher margins than you can a regular dropshipping store with much higher customer satisfaction. And even like even the margins on the front end, the cash flow, it's nothing compared to what you can exit for, you know. So yeah, I mean, we'll, we're gonna get ready to wrap it up soon, but we'll yeah. we'll, we'll close. I'm gonna. Do we have anything else here or no? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just gonna yeah, I'm just gonna close it off by by just saying if you if you are getting into dropshipping, a great place to look is where other people aren't or where people aren't as you know I guess polluted, which is uh the the European markets. So That's you know, true. look into that. I, I even I even have like a YouTube video. Um, I'll probably drop my channel somewhere, but if you literally just search e-commerce Kyle on YouTube, you'll find it and just look for the video on foreign markets because it's such an underrated thing. Like the the objective is to do things that other people aren't doing or that or to do it better in an area where they are doing it. So if you do bring a brand into the U.S. or you bring a brand into Canada, Australia, wherever it is, you know you, you gotta expect that there's gonna be competition and that you have to gonna you know work really hard in order to earn those customers. Whereas if you you know, if you are drop shipping and you want to go into a less competitive territory, because it's very competitive in the United States, you know, go to Germany, go to France, Italy, uh, Spain, you know, Greece. You, you don't necessarily have to go there physically, but you know, no, I, I took a nice little, I took a nice little Europe trip, and to be honest, uh, I learned a lot about you know different cultures, especially like in Paris and things like that. Like, I would genuinely ask people like, what payment methods do you use, right? You notice people are using cards. Are they paying mostly in cash? Like you know, Klarna, right like, over there. What are they using? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, you know, there's Klarna. There's like, PayPal. you know, some of them are are more familiar with like afterpay things and stuff like that. But you familiarize yourself with the market in a different place, and you know, it might seem intimidating at first. But again, moral of the story, you go somewhere where there's either less competition. Uh, or where you know maybe drop shipping is less looked at uh, in, in a negative light. Um, you have you can have a lot of opportunity to still kind of prove a concept of a of a product there. And then again, you you take the proof of concept and then you package it and you you create it into something that's even bigger and more meaningful here in the United States or wherever you know wherever you're from, wherever you're watching this from. You know, yeah. But no, that's uh, good, man. Yeah, no, it, it all makes sense. And like e-commerce is not dead at all. Two people say that like iOS 14, it's not dead at all. It's not going anywhere. Amazon keeps growing every single year. As long as Amazon's yeah. growing, everything else is going to grow. Shopify is getting bigger and bigger every year. So, yeah. honestly, it's probably like early right now in e-commerce. In, in in hindsight, yeah, it's honestly early right now. In hindsight, like it's only been around say like probably less than a decade at this point. Yeah. So like the ecosystem we're in with like Facebook and Shopify, etc. Apple ads is fucking coming out. Apple soon. ads like, is coming soon. There's there's platforms that, that yeah. don't even exist yet that are going to be new opportunities to advertise. You yeah, know? yeah, like YouTube Shorts is popping yeah, off right yeah. now. Definitely going to be a good place to buy ads soon. Um, TikTok's amazing. Like they're they're definitely fixing a lot of their stuff. Like their yeah. pixels getting better, their ads manager is getting better. It's going to be like Facebook in 2017. It's crazy. Again. It's crazy how TikTok. fast they they built that algorithm up. Like yeah. in in hindsight, it's like maybe three years old like the actual advertising component platform of it and it's like almost as good as facebook now oh 100 percent. so definitely a lot of good stuff going on we're gonna be here every single week kind of going through it i think we have a guest next week right yeah yeah we're we're we'll we're uh we'll, we'll save the the uh the surprise for when they actually come on but it's gonna it's gonna be fun you're gonna you guys are gonna learn a lot but yeah i guess to, to just kind of wrap everything up um just to summarize if we didn't make it very clear the goal for this podcast is to help you get more insights into things that you know you might not actively be engaged in conversations with people who are doing these things right so these are people on the front line in the trenches who are telling you day to day what's going on and also sharing a lot of their failures right and i think that's a a super valuable thing is because if you can learn you know there's there's two really great ways to learn and how to take on a situation it's to either learn from number one your own failures that's going to be one that sticks with you very very well but it's going to be very costly 
the, the you know the number one best way to do it is to learn from someone else's failure. So you yeah. don't have to lose that money. You don't have to or, or lose the opportunity cost, right? It might not be like a tangible loss, but you know you kind of get where I'm going. You you, you know by, by us bringing on guests and even just talking about our experiences, there's there's a lot that can be learned. Um, and you know we'll it, we'll we'll be sharing that you know those trials and tribulations with you, either ones that we've already experienced or the ones that we experience day to day as we're we're both building multiple companies. Exactly. Well, I think this is a good. Uh and to a first episode yeah. of New Money Talks, right? Yeah, yeah. Solid thank you. Too. Good you job, know, thank, Thanks for watching until the end. And uh, you <laughs> oh, know, please oh, like, subscribe, comment. Like, if you comment, already. subscribe, blow it up, share with a friend who needs to see this and who needs to get a kick in the get ass off to, the couch. To, to to get up, get out, get after it. I love saying that because out, there's too many out, people that, especially with with COVID, like people are like just hermit crabs are stuck in. Now it's time to break out of that and you know step it up and, and step on the gas because god knows where uh, where the market's headed god knows where the economy is headed all, all you can all you can trust is yourself and your ability exactly. to, to create something that can produce cash flow and that is recession proof and you know we're here to help you figure out what that might be for you but anyways that uh that concludes the uh, that concludes the first official episode of new money talks Sounds and we uh, we look forward to seeing you in the next one talk soon bye-bye